Are you one of our regular students for Self-Improvement Wednesday? Each week you get to learn something new. Your lesson this week, the breeding and mating habits of the alligator snapping turtle. Your teacher is Ben Britton, Director of the Wild Cat Conservation Centre here in Sydney. Ben, good afternoon. Afternoon, Richard. They are so prehistoric looking, aren't they? Yeah, look, they're an incredible uh, creature, incredible turtle. They're, as you said, very prehistoric, you know, with that uh, spiked shell and their and, and their and their beak-like jaws and um, thick, you know, scarred tail. They're one of those, um, they're sort of an arc for the dinosaur days, really. Mm. Uh, used to be quite widespread in America, now quite endangered, confined to the Mississippi. Yeah, they're now um, a class of threatened species and endangered in in several states throughout the USA. It's one of, unfortunately, like a lot of a lot of species, you know, losing their numbers through um, natural predation, uh, but also through um, obviously humans encroaching on different areas, um, and then also harvesting them, to try and sell them for the exotic animal trade, which has um, had a you know a reduction on the numbers and. Uh, through some of those states and through what their natural range used to be. Hmm. Now, they don't call them a snapping turtle for nothing. <laughs> no, look, and that's, and that's where the breeding of them gets quite a bit tricky. If you imagine if you're a, a male snapping turtle that can get up to around 80-odd kilos and you've got a female snapping turtle that's around... 20 or 30 kilos, um, there's quite a bit, of, a bit of size difference there. Then you add to the mix that large, powerful beak that they're known, that, that, that jaw pressure that these turtles have is, is incredible. And so when you're a male snapping turtle trying to entice a female that's a quarter of your size to, to mate, um, I think that there's a bit of sweet talking that, um, that, that's involved, I think. <laughs> Well, you, you've actually, well, you, you've, you've done this. You've, you've helped them do it anyway. Yeah, look, about, um, about five years ago now, we, we took on to set up a, a breeding program for the species here in Australia because they haven't been bred in the country. They hadn't been bred for about 25, 30 years. And so um, we, we got a pair and set them up a purpose-built exhibit here. And it took us a few years to sort of, I guess, um, uh, crack it, so to speak, to get um, a successful breeding in. In, in 2019, where we became the first institution, as I said, to breed them in, in 30 years. And, and it was tricky. It wasn't just a matter of male, female, putting them together. Uh, there was lots of little things along the way that we had to try and change. It was a bit of like um, uh, Love Island or the Bachelor type thing for, for snapping turtles, trying to trying to get do things to try and help uh, them woo, him woo the female. One of the amazing things is you can get, perhaps as the breeder in this case, you can get to choose the gender of the offspring to some extent. Yeah, if it's um it's it's like other some other reptile species, some other turtles and crocodilians, where the temperature of the nest determines the sex of the babies. And so if you get higher and lower temperatures, um sort of uh, often result in, in, in usually result in female develop female turtles, whereas medium temperatures in this case lead to development of, of males. And they and they believe that is is based around if you have a steady temperature, um, you you get males. If you get lots of fluctuations, which is more common in a nesting situation, then you get more females. And I guess the the theory there is you want to have more females than males from a breeding point of view. And so that's why nature, I guess, has tried to determine and get a bit of a balance there rather than having one too many of the one sex. Yeah, isn't evolution amazing? Another example of evolution being amazing, the, 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 the way they, they have this lure on the bottom of their mouth. 
Yeah, they've got this little worm-like lure, that uh, little pink pink lure on the bottom of the mouth, which um, the, the turtles often sit there with their mouth open, uh, those jaws open, waiting for a fish to swim past, think it's a little worm, and then they'll swim down as they're just about to grab the worm, which is affected to the fish's, uh, the turtle's tongue, then obviously the, the, the turtle will strike out with that big beak of theirs and grab a hold of the fish and sort of they sit in ambush and the way they, they're, they're built and designed is they really camouflage in to the the mud and the rock at the bottom of these lagoons and so that little pink worm that just floats around in the water and, and we watch the turtles here we can walk past our exhibit and, and we'll actually say oh the females luring the or the males luring and that's a bit of an indication that they might be keen for um, a, a feed and, and, and they eat a, eat a wide variety we feed them a wide variety here of different um, food items whether it's uh, small rodents or chickens we found the female one of the tricks was to getting her to um to breed we believe was we're, we're trying to offer pilchards and white bait but she's got a bit more expensive taste and so we had to switch to red spot whiting um <laughs> once once we did that she actually came around a little bit more to the males and uh advances but um it's quite incredible when you actually watch the mate where the male actually grabs the female's head in his big powerful beak and he wraps his long tail around the bottom of her shell and he sort of traps her there and so you can imagine like they, they can snap broom handles with that beak or go take your finger off and so when he's holding the female's um head in his jaws there's an, an incredible amount of trust there on behalf of the male to the female to make sure he's obviously not just going to crush her head. And so whenever we do try and do the breeding here, it's, it's, a, it's a very, you know, nervous time when you're actually watching, <laughs> watching them go about what they do. Uh, and after all that process, how many eggs do you get? How many turtles do you get? Look, uh, we got 18 eggs of the female uh, in our last successful season and uh, we incubated, we decided to, uh, remove the eggs from the exhibit and actually put them in an artificial incubator. And that was just so we could, um, because I was so precious, the eggs to make sure we had uh, better control over the eggs. And um, and about 78 days later, um, the little baby snapping turtles hatched out. And so it was quite nice to, um, quite a good feat to know that, um, to see them in there. And they're quite cute. If you see, the, as we we're saying, the big, the big adults are these big prehistoric dinosaur-looking turtles, uh, gnarly shells and spikes all over them. But the babies are one of the cutest little things you've ever seen. These these gorgeous little um, snapping turtles with their shells only um, around the size of a fifty-cent piece, even including the the jagged edge. Well, there you go. The alligator snapping turtle successfully bred here in Sydney for the first time in something like thirty years. Hey, uh, Ben, thank you so much for telling us the story. Anytime. There's Ben Britton, who's the director of the Wildcat Conservation Centre, with another Self-Improvement Wednesday. You can listen back online, of course, at abc.net.au slash sydney. Uh, there you'll also find details of how to subscribe to the free Self-Improvement Wednesday podcast. Next week, a lesson from Fred Watson, Australia's astronomer at large. His topic was the biblical city of Sodom, destroyed by an asteroid impact. That's Self-Improvement Wednesday next week. 